housekeeping. There was a podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about where it's just like, you can make anything a cake song by just kind of talking like this. And you can go very far in your car, but you can't date a fish. Uh, <laughs> That's all you have to do to make a cake song. <laughs> they were sitting in the basement nearly six feet away. Drinking fruit punch and coffee. That day. <laughs> Feeling cool that day. All alone! <laughs> Oh, they use that vibra yeah, uh, slap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I needed to have a little bit of uh, moisture there for that moisture. one. Moisture. Uh, I got the moisture. My vibra slap is a vibra slip. Hey everyone, I'm Meryl. And I'm Eric. And if we sound a little different, that's because we're practicing some social distancing and sitting six feet apart from each other. We are. With our mic in between us. It's still in the same spot, but we are slightly... We are further away from it. We are slightly further. So yeah, if uh, the volume is different, then uh, we'll uh, be okay with that because it's only going to last a week. Yeah, we're we're working on it in the, in the meantime we're we're trying to figure out a situation to record off site. But until then, blame the current global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. We've it brought is. it up before in the past. We may have. I we, we I, did, I, like 2 weeks ago, we we or a, a week ago or something it came up recently. Maybe I might have I was it. I was I re-listening. Know. I Oh, we're, I heard, okay. Yeah, I heard. Okay, then we I did, did. We did definitely bring it up at some point. Okay. <laughs> um, but this week is another not regular week. We're not talking about swamp thing once again. And it may seem like we're getting into like kind of a funk. Like, why aren't these guys talking about swamp thing like they intended to do? And they were so strong on it in the beginning, and now they're just fizzling out. What the hell? But no, it's it's not that. We can do what we want. Yeah, we can do what we want. What we want. <laughs> well, this is like what we're talking about. We're kind of testing things out, seeing yeah what this show may become after we we've exhausted all of our uh, the swamp thing, thing to thing. watch. Yeah. And so this week, I have I brought with me a little book I've been meaning to read, meaning to do something with, and I figured this was as good a time as any. I brought with me the. Star Trek The Next Generation uh, Federation Travel Guide. Now, I just want to say off the bat, not to downplay it at all, but um, you you said a, you, you said book a couple weeks ago when you first brought up the idea of doing this, and it still sounds like book, 
but this is definitely more of like a, a well it's a, a lengthy pamphlet it like is from uh it is published by pocket books so okay. if that can uh yes it is definitely more of that like yeah. a, it's like a little bathroom reader yeah i'd say it's uh kind of about the size of like uh, a little bit smaller than a reader's digest yeah close to like a crossword puzzle but maybe half the thickness or no not half the thickness but but yes, this is the, uh, we're going to be reading from the Star Trek Federation Travel Guide, written by Michael J. Friedman. I'm ready. So what's this, what is this all about? Like, what are we, Um. what kind well, of travel guide, is, what is this like? Here, I'll, uh, I'll start us off with uh, the first page oh, of boy, using, using your travel guide. <laughs> Uh, so, the purpose of this travel guide is to make your voyage through Federation space and beyond as comfortable and enjoyable as possible, regardless of your physical and cultural orientations. We, the editors, attempt to accomplish, accomplish this by providing reliable information regarding attractions, lodgings, and restaurants on various planets and facilities. By pointing you in the direction of what we consider the galaxy's best bets... Uh, and advising you of the dangers and pitfalls uh, a sentient being may encounter along the way. Uh, so to use this book effectively, you should be uh, conversant with the Travel Guide's rating system, which employs a variety of symbols. Please familiarize yourself with the chart below and its explanations of those symbols. Oh, great, a visual reading. thing. Well, these are these are pretty simple. Okay. So the rating system is local attractions. Three stars is worth spanning the galaxy for. Ooh. Two stars is fascinating. And one star is looks better in the hollow brochure. Oh. <laughs> I like that everything in this already really stays in focus of the uh, world we're in. Like, oh, yeah. if if there was an actual guide written in the Federation, they would have just said very good, good, and not great. Like, I don't know. I think there's some cheese balls out there. Some real cheese within ball who are, like if there were, if we were in is this guide technically happening in the is this written as if it were in the I think in the it, universe, or is this us reading yeah, it's outside? Yeah, it's in the universe. Like it, but I, I mean, it's playing. It's is it playing itself? Like the way you just read that sounds like it would be read by somebody living in that. Yeah, yeah, time no, you know, yeah. This in space, and they're like, "Oh, I found this little pamphlet. Cool." Yeah, no. Like, this is this is supposed to be in any universe. Okay. Uh, and I, okay. Okay. So the for restaurants, they have a little symbol that's uh, forks and knives. So, three forks and knives are uh, for only the most discriminating palate. Uh, two forks and knives are knives are good, but not great. And then one is, you're better off using a replicator. Golly. <laughs> uh, and then for lodgings, there are suitcases. So, three suitcases is, fit for a grand nagus. Oh. Uh, two is clean and comfortable. Did they bring? We're in. We're in which generation of Star Trek right now? The next generation. TNG. Um, did Grand Nagus show ever? It might make be. A mark? Uh, there this wasn't was... a lot of Frankie interaction in that one. So, this was first printed in July 1997. So there's probably some 
some crossover. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Deep Space Nine was on in 97. Yeah. But, I mean, if we're in, if this is calling it's okay. Or, actually, Deep Space Nine might have been over by 97. Or near the end. Yeah, it was getting, it was getting close at that time. Because that didn't run, that didn't run over to, uh, it Millennium. Like, yeah, it? yeah, yeah, because it was, yeah. It did it happy year? Huh? No, no, it didn't run over to the Millennium, I don't think. Yeah, then it ended like 97 or 98. So, and then the last, uh, the last rating on there is one, uh, one bag. And it is, the brig would be an improvement. Ooh. And then there's the final note, uh, be aware that no attraction, lodging, or restaurant pays for its rating. Each one is evaluated on the basis of merit alone. Evaluations are updated every Federation standard year. Please read on. And then we have a, la a letter from Ambassador Troy. Not Counselor Troy. Ambassador Troy. Ambassador Troy. Ambas Ambassador Luxana Troy. Ooh. Yeah. Also oh known God, do I really want as Gene Roddenberry's wife. Lady. Lady. I know what you're thinking. No, really, I do. I am after... <laughs> you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I know what you're thinking. No, really, I do. I am, after all, a Betazoid. You're asking yourself if you're prepared oh, to strike God. out <laughs> on a great and awe-inspiring tour of the known universe. And the answer is, of course you're not. My dear, no one is. At least, not until you've had the chance to peruse this little gem of a guidebook with its storehouse of information on what to do, see, buy, eat, and avoid in this exquisite and intriguing galaxy of ours. As a Federation ambassador of longer standing than I care to admit, I can tell you things aren't always what they appear to be. What you think may be a part of the furniture is in some far-off lodging may turn out to be, in fact, your host. <clears throat> or vice versa. What you intend as a gesture of disgust may be construed as a marriage proposal on one world or a challenge on the other. That's why it's always good to study a culture, its customs, and its accommodations before you beam to the planet's surface. The deeper you, your understanding of its of the traditions and lifestyles of other species and civilizations, the more pleasant and comfortable your visit will be. Trust me, you don't want to insult a Ferengi with an insufficient gratuity when he provides you with the service. On Ferengar, it's a criminal offense. You don't want to engage a Vulcan in a philosophical debate unless you've got to kill several hours. And you never, ever want to get between a Klingon and his bloodline. The Federation Travel Guide, I find it's helpful. You, my dear, will find it indispensable. I just know you will. Sincerely, 
Luxana Troy, Ambassador of the Federation, Daughter of the Fifth House, Holder of the Sacred Chalice of Rix, and Heir to the Holy Rings of Betazed. Modest. Yeah. Was, so, uh, okay, new question. Um, is this geared towards somebody who is a part of the Federation or is not part of the Federation? I feel like this is geared towards Federation citizens. Okay. This is just to be... I thought it might be like a guide of, if you're like from outside the Federation, here's a little guide to our people. Um, so... We've got our, we've got the next section is called Best Bets, and this involves different places in the galaxy, different places in the galaxy that are the, like, best places in the galaxy to do a specific thing. Okay. So, if you're looking for the best place in the galaxy to play a fierce game of Dom Jot, uh, why don't you uh, try Starbase Earheart? Oh. Uh, the base is infamous bone stell recreational facility always boasts its share of unsavory types and then some so the faint of heart should seek their thrills elsewhere but if you're a dom jot fanatic and who isn't uh you'll find more and better competition at bone stell than anywhere in known space oh of course so yeah if you really want to get your dom jot on go to starbase Earheart. Okay. um but where's the best place in... Uh, you ask me. Where's the best place in the galaxy to watch a baseball game? Gee, are you uh, Luxana or are you? I'm me. Okay. So you ask me. Um, What was the question? What's the best place in the galaxy to watch a baseball game? Where? Oh, boy. But I don't like baseball. Well, I... Okay, I need you, to, I'm looking for places to avoid in the galaxy. Can you tell me where the best place... Where everybody's hanging out and watching baseball? The most. Uh, well, the best place in the galaxy to watch a baseball game is Cestus Three. There are actually six teams on this colony world dedicated to to the ancient Earth pastime. Oh, uh, as of this writing, the two best squads were the Cestus Comet and the Pike City Pioneers. Well, I'm sorry, sir. You sound way more involved with this than I was that I was looking for. I'm gonna. Uh... If you catch a contest between these two powerhouses, keep an eye out for slick fielding third baseman Junior Yates. Who reminds many uh, a visitor of legendary Buck Bukai? Oh, I remember that episode. Okay, we are delve. That was another DS Nine episode. Okay, so this is probably this is yeah. This is delving way harder into DS Nine lore than it. <laughs> um. So where's the um best place in the galaxy to enjoy a plate of haggis? You say? Well, that's the Caldos Colony. <laughs> Well, you could just ask uh, Miles O'Brien. Uh, founded a century ago, this Federation settlement was partnered after uh, was patterned after Earth's Scottish Highlands, a region of brooding skies and rolling green hills, where sheep stomach was transformed into a delicacy called haggis. In Caldos Colony, the craft of prep of preparing this dish has been raised into an art form. Don't believe it? Try and see it. Ooh. And then the best place in the galaxy to take a mud bath, the Parallax Colony on Shirley 4. Oh. Uh, the colony is populated by, uh, by fanciful humanoids who exist purely for the pursuit of pleasure. 
And uh, what could be more pleasing than uh, squishing mud between your uh, tactile appendages? Um, or watching your prodigy, your progeny do the same. Hey. Uh, word of advice. Pack a lunch and plan to spend all day in the baths. Once you get in, you won't want to get out. <laughs> they are selling it. So next up. Uh, I think we're only going to do a couple of these. Uh, yeah, we'll save we'll save some of this for a future date. Ooh. Uh, so our first stop on the tour. Wait, are you saying we're going to use the travel guide to go on a date? Like like recommended by the travel. You yeah. spoil me. Yeah, I spoil you. Uh, so our first stop <laughs> is Beta Z. Uh. Do do European audiences just hear that as Beta Z? They might. Like with a capital Z? Yeah. Beta Z. Yeah. Uh, so whether strolling in Beta Z's gardens, dining in one of its many fine restaurants, or auditing classes at its renowned university, even the casual visitor will be impressed with the native sense of optimism and tranquility. Uh, but then, as telepaths, Betazoids have access to a community of benign and encouraging minds, all of which must be quite a comfort to the individual. Fortunately for the galactic traveler, Betazoids are taught early on to respect the privacy of others, and of visitors in particular. Uh, be aware, however, that privacy is less of an issue at a Betazoid wedding, where the proceedings are carried out, in the new... Yikes. Boingo, boingo. And then we've got some uh, local attractions. So we've got a three-star attraction of the University of Beta Z. Whoa. Uh, it is recognized as one of the most advanced in institutions of higher learning in the quadrant. Ooh. And then a uh, two-star attraction is the uh, mansions of Beta Z's exalted houses. Uh, they are ornate and occasionally breathtaking. Uh, if you... <laughs> and occasionally, every once in a while, every you right? once in a while, got to be careful. I yeah. mean, I mean, you can, they can't all be breathtaking, it's, or else. It's actually, they're saying that though, as it's a downfall. It would be three stars, but every once in a while, it's just it's too some of them that are too <gasps> breathtaking. Um, but but if you can only uh, visit one, see the fifth house. Which which displays the sacred chalice of Rix and the holy rings of Beta Z, and then uh, the last local attraction are the their two star attraction of the Jaren Falls. They are a spectacular sight, and uh, it boasts an impressive array of long lived muktuk plants. Their bristle like foliage makes a pleasant sound when shaken. Doesn't that sound fun? I think so. And now we're on to restaurants. So, Three Fork Restaurant, the Oscoid, a vegetarian establishment, uh, is named after the leaf-like delicacy native to Beta Z. Hmm. Uh, this is where you'll find perhaps the finest food and most attentive service on the planet. It's like they know what you want. And then number two fork uh, is... Apollino's Retreat. 
A casual seaside venue makes up uh, in clever preparations and large portions for what it lacks in elegancy. Uh, If you do nothing else on this world, try the specialty of the house. A dessert called Uta Berry Pudding. And then last up, we've got lodgings. Uh, So three suitcases. So there was no one-star restaurants at Berdizod? Not 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 worth noting. Okay. Uh, so the lodgings are the uh, three suitcase, uh, the mountain house at Lake Catria is an exemplar of hospitality. The sunsets are beautiful, swimming and swimming is per- permitted in the warmer months. Ooh. Sounds pretty nice. Ooh. Beautiful sunsets and you can swim when it's warm. There's got to be a catch. Uh, I'm not sure. No, not that they're telling us. Uh, so the key phrase of Beta Z is, May good fortune attend you. Well, that's nice. And their unit of currency is the Federation credit. This next one looks like bullshit. So we're going to skip that. And go to Trill. Trill! So yes, Trill. When it's time to get Trill. Trill is a world best known for its joined inhabitants. The be- the beneficiaries of an in- intimate symbiotic union between the planet's two sentient life forms. The humanoid Trill and the species the species of small vermiform symbionts. Uh, most of the personality traits and memories of the combined life form are contributed by the symbiotes who are extremely long-lived. So while a visitor Trill may believe he is speaking with a young man, he may actually be conversing with an accumulation of personalities, only some of which may be male, and almost none of which are young. (laughs) Uh, In effect, the symbionts uh, are living time capsules, preserving the values and customs of Trilling antiquity. So you want to hear about some local attractions? You know who established Trill? Who? Pusha T. Oh, he's a trillionaire. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but so a uh, three-star attraction is the uh, Terrenian Ice Cliffs. Uh, located in the coldest reaches of the Southern Hemisphere, uh, they are 200 feet high and absolutely spectacular. They are the most colorful just before dusk. How about that? Some colorful how, ice how, how colorful? Uh, the most. Okay. And then, uh, another attraction is the two-star, the Caves of Makala, uh, containing interconnected pools that stretch for kilometers underneath the ground. Unfortunately, the most interesting part, uh, the breeding environments of the Trill symbiotes are a restricted area. Oh. So you can't go there to go see some trail fucking... No. And then... Okay. Uh, (laughs) Two-star, the baths of trail are open and airy. A nice place for a picnic. Yeah. Cool. That's where I want to eat. Oh, it's a... Oh, yeah, I suppose you do eat at a a picnic. Uh, But if you're going for more of a restaurant fare, uh, try the two-fork... Interplanetary Bar and Grill. Uh, it features Colensian stew, uh, 
Marlatian so- Sieve Ale, and White Chocolate Fondue. Of course. Uh, as well as seven hundred, several hundred other off-world specialties. I just have to say we are playing at so many little jokes that have been spurted throughout DS9 right now. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, uh, they're they're like all going over my head. <laughs> I can't, yeah. Like... So this is probably another one. Unfortunately, local cuisine failed to tempt our reviewers' palate. <laughs> Trill make bad food. Uh... And then uh, for lodgings, uh, well, there, this one's only one suitcase. The Selpsis, uh, Trill's largest and old, oldest beach resort offers visitors an opportunity to commune with the world's unique purple oceans. But, regrettably, not much else. Nonetheless, book ahead of time, especially in season, as the Celsius I said that two different ways, but it doesn't matter, fills up quickly. And so the key phrase of this, uh, of Trill, is grow old in wisdom. Ooh. And they also use the... I never... Grow old and never die. Yeah. They also use the uh, Federation credit as their unit of currency. Uh, I think we'll skip Angel 1 for right now. Let's go to... What do we know about Earth? Um, I wouldn't mind reading about Cardassia. Would you? Or... Okay, yeah. Uh, So, Cardassia Prime. Home to the humanoid Cardassians, Cardassia Prime is a planet poor in natural resources, though in ancient times it boasted a splendid civilization whose ruins are still in evidence. Unfortunately, this world is not open to tourism. In allying themselves with the dominion of the Gamma Quadrant, the Cardassians have cut themselves off from their neighbors. On the other hand, Cardassian politics have been rather volatile. Uh, we offer the following information in hope that Cardassia Prime will once again host fed- Federation visitors. The Cardassians are a study in contrast, at times cold-hearted to the point of ruthlessness, and at other times compassionate to the point of sentimentality. Uh, watching a Cardassian weep at the death of his child's pet Wampat, uh, you would have a difficult time imagining him cutting down an enemy without blinking. Yet, he will. Uh, the Cardassians have always prided themselves on their intellectual achievements. Uh, for instance, all citizens enjoy photographic <laughs> memories as the result of intense mind training programs during early childhood. These people also have great reverence uh, for their artists. Among them, uh, Ijoya of Prime, a serialist poet from the days of the First Republic, whose temper forced him into exile on uh, Vulcan for a time. Uh, the best example of the Cardassian novel is the multi-generational epic entitled The Never-Ending Sacrifice, which provides insight into the Cardassian, no- Cardassian notion of duty to family and state. Uh, the visitors, uh, the visitor to Cardassia Prime would do well to steer clear of the criminal justice system, which grants no rights to all, uh, no rights at all to the accused. 
Rather, it serves to reinforce Cardassian cultural norms. Uh, so for some local attractions, we've got the we've got for three stars. If you happen to be there, if you if you happen to if you're uh, a citizen of of the Dominion or or Cardassia. Um. So for three stars, there uh there is the well known novel Meditations on a uh, Crimson Shadow by Prelock. Uh, provides a veritable walking tour through the handsome Low Weiss region of Cardassia. High points are the fountain of Send. Uh, high points are the fountain of Send, uh, the peak of Erqua, uh, the valley of Hrambin, and the caverns of Ani. Uh, and one star, the Colax Plain, uh, or Colaxia Plain, is home to the only real wild Geta left. On Cardassia. Uh, how, however, this once mighty herd has been decimated by poachers, making it less impressive than in days gone by. Mm. And another one star, uh, the Rebron Arena. Outside the capital is the site of a weekly series of blood uh, blood vole fights, uh, which the Cardassians dearly love to gamble on. The Cardassian vole, not to be confused with the mild-mannered Terran rodent of the same name is a vicious creature with an insatiable appetite, razor-sharp teeth, and a highly developed sense of territory. Territoriality. Terra. <laughs> Territoriality. Territoriality? No. Territoriality. 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 Yeah. Yes. Territoriality. Yes. And I got a little picture of it there. Look at that. Cutie. Yeah. He kind of looks like if a naked mole rat had six limbs instead of four, and instead of a spine, just had a bunch of tumors. Ooh. Yeah. But let's uh, let's find out about some restaurants on Cardassia Prime. Finally. Actually, just a restaurant. Oh. Uh, so the two fork, uh, the ghoul. An eating establishment within walking distance of the courts is the only one worth considering. The menu includes a broad selection of Cardassian delicacies, including tojo in yamak sauce, regvo eggs, and zabo steak. We, met, we, we recommend you wash it down with canar, or if you're more, in a more mellow mood, rakasia juice for the satisfying ending. Try the large pie. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And then lodgings. We've got the one suitcase, Leggett's Choice. Uh, it is a small, somber place, but it's the best Cardassia has to offer to uh, off-world visitors. Uh, with the exception of government officials, most, Cardassi- most Cardassians don't travel much, and when they do, they stay with friends. And so the key phrase of Cardassia Prime is... Do you doubt my sincerity? Oh. And the unit of currency is the lek. That's what they're slinging in Cardassia. Cardassia, Cardassia. Um, that's a good transition to... Uh, I think... Any places that we shouldn't go? Um... 
Well, I think before that, we do have a word from our sponsor. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Quarks. Make yourself at home. Of course, no home we know of boasts the thrill of the sector's most generous Dabo tables, the most enchanting array of hollow fantasy programs this side of Delta Four, and a bartender who, genu- who genuinely cares. Uh, but then, if you really liked it at home, what would you what would you be doing here in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Ah, Quarks. It's more than a place to drop a few credits when you're waiting for your cargo to be inspected. It's a tradition. So yeah, you want to thank uh, the lovely establishment Quarks uh, with uh, his many fine hollow sweets and f- wide array of alcoholic beverages. Uh, that's Quarks at Deep Space Nine. Um, so let's do a quick rundown of some, you know, they also have syrup of squill at Corks. They have syrup of squill. I love those on my groat cakes. I love syrup of squill on my groat cakes. Aw. And they do go good. Syrup of squill is so good on groat cakes. (laughs) Specifically. That's, That's what it's for. Yeah. When you, when you say syrup of squill, the like next the thing you thing think of is, is groat cakes. cakes. Instantly. Oh, and how good syrup of squill goes on your oh groat cakes. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, let's first <laughs> talk about a big place to avoid. That is the Romulan Star Empire. What, what, what? Yeah. Why? Um, the Romulans seem so nice. I mean, we, we're at... we've. Right. And and Did hospitable. We... Yeah. And, uh... What part of the Federation have you been living in, Sonny? Um... You've been drinking too much of your synthahol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, the... <laughs> Although the Romulan homeworlds are reputed to be among the loveliest in the galaxy... Federation citizens are strictly prohibited from crossing the Romulan neutral zone to visit them. In fact, any penetration of the zone by either side may be construed as an act of war. So don't be penetrating unless you want to be war-rating. Yep. So uh, if you find yourself confronted by Romulans, either in space or elsewhere, keep in mind that they are an honorable people. If they are not offended, they are not likely to offend. On the other hand, when they feel the situation calls for it, they are capable of arrogance and cold-blooded violence. Mm. The Romulans are, re- are reputed to be an offshoot of the Vulcan race, descendants of those who rejected the pacifist teachings of the Vulcan Surak uh, some 2,000 years ago and struck out into space to seek a new home. Eventually, they established their settlements on Romulus and Remus, now considered their homeworlds. Those who wish to see something of Romulan culture without violating the neutral zone uh, can visit the ruins of the ancient Debrune colonies on Baratus Three, Calder Two, Disica Two, Draken Four, and Yaddle Prime. The Debrune are believed to be an offshoot of Romulan society. Nice. 
And then next up on life forms to avoid, uh, to avoid, we've got <laughs> the Borg. So why? Why would we want to avoid them? Well, because they are an immensely powerful civilization that's said to have originated in the Delta Quadrant of the galaxy. The Borg are linked to one another by a group mind whose mission is to incorporate other species into their collective. This translates into unremittingly aggressive behavior. No one in the Federation can forget the Borg attack of 2366, in which a single Borg vessel destroyed no less than 39 starships in a failed attempt to reach Earth. If you sight a cube-shaped vessel, the kind the Borg have been seen in, withdraw as quickly as possible and notify Starfleet authorities. If you're captured by the Borg, you'll be surgically outfitted with cybernetic devices and assimilated into their collective. Yeah, I don't really think there's much getting away from that one. Yeah. If you you spot a Borg cube, you're probably... You're probably... There. And... Let's, uh... Uh, let's close this up with one more place you don't want to be. Sure. Does that sound good? Uh, so let's go with uh, Rubicon 3. So this Class M planet in the Rubicon star system is home to a seemingly idyllic Edo... Simi- the seemingly idyllic Edo civilization. However, the penalty for breaking any of the Edo's laws is death, no matter how trivial trivial the offense may seem though the edos themselves have no way of enforcing uh their penal have no way of enforcing their penalties a mysterious ent- entity there does so steer clear Ooh. that sounds like some original series stuff but yeah yeah that, i think that'll do it for this this journey we've still got a couple we like we haven't seen the amusement park planet. Oh. We haven't read about that. We haven't read about Angel One. Ooh. Or Earth. Uh, how how would no. you say that? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Earth. Not worth my time. Earth. Yeah. Earth. Something like that. And also, who can forget Vulcan? Oh, no. No, I can forget it. Okay. What about, uh, I saw Kronos was in there. Kronos was in there. Yeah, we can get, we'll get to that next time we, uh, next time we, we don't record a normal episode. This thing's pretty sweet, though. But yeah, yeah, that was our, uh, little, fun little, little tour through some of the known sections of uh of the these quadrants of our galaxy sorry i got i got lost you got distracted yeah uh what was your what was your favorite fact you learned oh um you threw so many at me it was so hard to uh to stay to stay with i would have to say um I'm happy to know that um, 
that um, I'm not going to be able to leave the uh, the mud baths of uh, Trill once I get there. Cause... Was it Trill? I thought it was the mud baths on um, Beta Z. Was it the Beta Z mud baths? I think it was the Beta Z. I think a lot of the stuff on Trill kind of sucked. Like the lodgings. Were, oh no! Their no, like... their thing was the underground pool. They have the underground pool. Oh, the underground where... sex pool. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think my the favorite thing I learned was about the Cardassian voles that fight each other. Oh, that's right. That seems fun. And I mean, who could forget um... the Borg? The Borg. And I have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how to end this one. Um, it wasn't swampy at all. It wasn't swampy at all. Furthest dude. from the swamp, actually. So I I okay, I think I got it. Uh so until next time, I've been Meryl. And I've been Eric. And we will see you. In the stars. Whoa, until next time, Space Cowboys. Uh, engage. <laughs>Swamp Things I Hate About You is now available on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And remember, only dumb kids dream.